Welcome to the party, pal. The, the Michael Dukes Show. The greed and the entitlement is astounding to me. What more could you want from a low-budget radio program? This is a dumpster fire. That was just BS. It is time to get a new perspective. We know just what you need, and we've got just the cure. Open wide and prepare for a steaming hot cup of freedom. I just don't fathom it. The Michael Dukes Show, streaming live across the world. Oh, baby. Live around the world on the internet at MichaelDukesShow.com and across the state of Alaska on this, your favorite radio station and or FM translator. Welcome to Funday Monday. It's Monday, but with fun in it. That's what I'm that's what I'm predicting for you today. A fun day. Uh, Monday fun day. Uh, good morning, and uh, thanks for coming in and joining us. I hope you had a great weekend. Uh, it was, uh, wow, it was so beautiful. I mean, it really, <clears throat> it was the weekend that we wished for and that we deserved. That's what it was. It was the weekend that we deserved. It was beautiful and golden, uh, just a little bit sprinkling early Saturday morning, and then just gorgeous for the rest of the weekend actually even got the rest of the lawn mowed uh this weekend it dried out enough that we could get it all mowed get it ready get it ready for the white stuff because you know it's coming you know you know it's it's here um and just a just a beautiful beautiful relaxing weekend oh man Wish it had just been one more day, right? <laughs> just wish. I mean, that's the wish every weekend, regardless. I mean, it could be a three or four day weekend and still be like, I wish it was just one more day, one more day. A little crisp and cold, a little clear right now, about 34 degrees out in the valley. I know up in Fairbanks, it's in the 20s, uh, down near freezing on parts of the peninsula and, uh, you know, it's, it's right there. It's hovering in the middle. We're getting the golden yellow leaves and everything else. So enjoy. Enjoy this brief, brief transition into uh, into the white stuff. So uh, I hope you I hope you had a great weekend. And thank you for coming out and uh, being part of it. Okay. What what else have we what else have we got uh, what else have we got going on today? Well, we have got a huge uh, batch of stories to cover this morning, um, which I'm hoping we're going to be able to get through most of them here in hour one, uh, including, uh, um, including a discussion on, let's see, marijuana taxes. That's one of the big things. Uh, there's a, we're revisiting that. <clears throat> we got a fires down in Anchorage. Um, we've got the races going on in the interior uh, and down in the Kenai Peninsula Borough, we're going to talk about some of those races. Uh, we've got a story <clears throat> about our friend, uh, friend of the show, Sheldon Meyer, who uh, came on the program here a while ago to talk about his uh, kind of his tug of war with the federal government. That's made its way into court now uh, and has uh, gotten some people's attention. So we'll talk about that. Killer whales getting sucked up in trawlers. 
Starlink, a new hub down uh, in the on the uh, let's see on the Aleutian chain. And there's a bunch of stuff. Oh, just uh, you know, it's gonna be it's gonna it's gonna be exciting. It's gonna be exciting, and uh, we got a lot of it. Then in hour two, we're going to be joined by candidate for assembly, Tammy Wilson, who is going to come in and talk with us about. Uh, her race, the state of politics up there in the interior and what's coming up uh, a week from tomorrow, which, of course, is Election Day. So, <clears throat> I mean, I can't believe we're October is on Friday. I'm just like, what? How did how did we get how did we get here? How did I, well, October's I mean, October's not on Friday. October's on Sunday. But the it's the end of this week is. It's here. How did we, how? How did we get here so fast? <clears throat> and can I take it back? Can I have part of my, can I have part of the summer back? We'll, uh, we'll go over all that and more. Snow in the Matsu. That was the other thing we're going to talk about. Last year's snow in the, uh, in the Matsu. Okay. <clears throat> Well, that's uh, that's a list of things. So, and then uh, Tammy Wilson's going to come in, and we're gonna we're gonna talk about all that stuff. It's gonna be good. Okay. So, uh, where to start? Where to start? We got a I got a lot to uh, we got a lot to go on here, and I do want to talk about uh, the. Uh, I think we'll talk about the snow last. So, let's start off with the story about uh, taxation in the state. Uh, specifically, uh, the tax on the Alaska marijuana industry. Now, this was a tax that was set uh, in uh, initially in the initial setup of the legalization effort. It was part and parcel of the ballot initiative, uh, and part of that comes out of it. Now, it's an excise tax. It's essentially, basically, uh, whatever you produce at the stock or at the farm, or at the grove, wherever, whatever's produced there, that's how they're getting taxed right now. The problem is, according to industry uh, and more, is that the tax rate is just too high. And so they are asking state lawmakers uh, for help. And they're concerned that if the tax formula isn't reformed, it could lead to kind of a downward spiral in the industry. And having watched some of these businesses here over the last five or six years, you could see where there were, uh, there it was quite a boom as far as cultivators and everything else. And <clears throat> there was this explosion. And now the market is contracted as more and more. You could see those things going on right now. We, you know, see those in, in the business. By some estimates, Alaska now has the highest tax rate for marijuana of any state that is uh, has it legalized right now. They can be taxed as high as $50 per ounce when selling to a retailer. Uh, they're basically saying right now is they're basically paying $800 a pound in tax once they carve it off the stock and sell it to the retailer. They're going to pay $800 a pound, which is uh, that, wow. Uh, during the House and Labor Committee meeting recently, um, they said that House Bill, uh, Cody Rice, who's a legislative aide, said House Bill 119 
proposes changing the state's tax to $12.5 per ounce across all categories and then phase in a <clears throat> excuse me a retail sales tax uh, about 18 months later. Now, currently, uh, they have in the past, they've pulled in about, um, I guess the last tax year they have on records, $30 million, but it's since fallen. That was the highest one, but they've, it's since fallen off in 2022 and into 2023. Uh, concern was raised that the status quo, that if they just continue with what they currently have, the revenue, which is used to help fund multiple programs, including drug treatment and education programs uh, along the way, uh, some programs that would reduce recidivism and, and everything else, uh, that that has fallen off and they are concerned about it. Um, he said, uh, according to the recent or to the industry spokesperson, he said that it's very unusual to have an excise tax like this on an agricultural crop, the cost of which is then passed on to uh, customers at retail shops. He said the higher prices are leading customers to the black market, which is concerning to him. And apparently there is, even with legalization, there is a black market. Um, and if there is a black market, that would lead me to believe that based on kind of free market principles is that the, uh, the, the taxes and everything else is causing it to be high enough that it makes it worthwhile to, uh, partake of that black market. That's, that's an indication, I guess, that's how I would look at it from a free market perspective. To say if the taxation and everything else is high enough that it actually makes a black market viable, then maybe it's too high. But again, I don't have a dog in this fight. I don't know anything about it. I know that I have seen in dealing with businesses and working with businesses, and we've worked with some of these businesses in, uh, in the radio and you know in uh, advertising and everything else. And just, but to see all these businesses blow up after the legalization effort began, and what I mean is they just popped up everywhere. It was like having a Starbucks on every corner, right? Back during the day when there was, when that, you know, coffee carts were just a first thing and then there was coffee carts on every corner. And it was the same kind of thing. There was this boom and then it slowly whittled away till only the ones who were profitable and could do a good job survived. And that's kind of what we're looking at now. There was a huge boom, big push. Everybody got involved. Um, you know, everybody and their mother wanted to get, get on board the gravy train, uh, you know, so to speak. And what we've seen over the last, uh, two or three years is a contraction in that market, which is kind of the boom and bust cycle of trying to chase the dollar and, and the supply and the demand. But what happens is it weeds out, uh, it weeds out uh, those that can't hack it, that don't have the, don't have the business acumen or good, or good product or a combination thereof. Anyway, it's interesting to watch to see. It, for me, it was kind of more of a, uh, it's more of a lesson in free market uh, stuff <clears throat> to watch this and see all this stuff go on. But they're in the middle of uh, talking to the legislature and trying to get this done. Uh, HB 119, again, proposing a 10% retail sales tax um, on top of that uh, excise tax. Uh, oh, by the way, when I said that there is a black market, Anecdotal evidence uh, sh uh, from the uh, from the task force and from the industry 
suggests that 40 to 50 percent of the marijuana being sold in the state is on the black market. So there's a significant there's a significant amount of avoidance, tax avoidance going on here in this. It's a little too high. Uh, anyway, uh, you can uh, get it. It's a little too high. Uh, all right. Um, what is the other story? Uh, one other story here. Uh, we're seeing it right now. This one caught my attention only because it talked about how often. You uh, I mean you'd figure that people who were camping essentially on greenbelt areas that uh, you know they would have more of a propensity, especially in the fall as things dry out, to maybe set things on fire a little bit. If you do a lot of camping, if you're not paying attention, you can you know your fire can get out of control. Out of control. Uh, there was another fire this Sunday afternoon down at uh, one of the green belts that was in a homeless camp. Uh, seven units responded to the fire. They got it knocked down in about 10 minutes, but it was a medium-sized fire. They said the, the flames were 30 to 40 feet in the air, and it burned about like a half a dozen tents. Uh, but this is what was this is what was interesting. Um, he's, uh, they said uh, the camp. A, the uh, fire department captain said they're more and more prevalent, these fires. As we approach this time of year and stuff gets drier, we have the possibility of spread throughout the forest. And there's a lot of encampments throughout this green belt that we have to come quite often. They recently reported, the fire department, uh, homeless campfires have been on the rise in the past year. The department receiving five or more calls for service a day. Well, that can't be cheap. I mean, five or more calls for service a day to the homeless areas every single day. Man, they got to do something to get that under control. I just, I don't know what. I don't have an answer. But I'm just thinking that maybe having them camp in the middle of town is probably not the answer you're looking for. I mean, I'm just thinking out loud here, possibly. All right, we got to go. Um, we're going to continue. Michael Duke Show, common sense, liberty based, free thinking radio. All right, we got to go. Back with more right after this. Broadcasting live through a series of tubes. Allowing all of these uh, entities to provide streaming stuff going on, on, the, on the, the internet. Well, it's kind of hard to explain. Sorry. Streaming live every weekday morning on Facebook Live and MichaelDukesShow.com. All right. Oh, baby. Good morning, good morning, good morning. 29 degrees down on the peninsula, says Bill. A little chilly. Tyler says it's 70 degrees in Illinois. He's missing that Alaska weather. Dude, suck up the sun while you can. Suck up the sun while you can. That is what I'm saying right there. Um, Bethel has a sin tax at the store of 15%. Oof. Uh, have they considered growing food? Asked Donna. So, I mean, the, the the cultivators, the cannabis growers. Have they considered growing food? 
Probably not because it makes less money. I mean, there's they're 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 crying poor mouth on making on marijuana, which sells for what was it up to three thousand dollars a pound? Eighteen hundred to three thousand dollars a pound is what they were saying, depending on strain and everything else. And they have to pay eight hundred dollars a pound in tax, essentially. So, I mean, I don't know. I don't want to buy carrots that I have to pay $800 a pound on. I mean, it's, you know, pretty labor intensive. Uh, yeah, weeds out. You saw what I did there. <laughs> they haven't figured. Oh, my God. Bill's like, John says, have you considered growing food? Bill says they haven't figured out how to grow Doritos and Mountain Dew. Man, gamer. He is such a gamer. Um, taxation is theft. Um. Getting busted for pot is one thing. Getting busted for denying the state revenue. Ho, ho. Yeah, do not get in the way of the state and their revenue, my friend. You do not want to be on the other end of that. Uh, Colleen Sullivan Leonard uh, says, Taxing marijuana, alcohol, and tobacco is an easy way to gain revenue to fund programs to curb the use of these items. It just doesn't pan out. I mean, yeah, that seems a little, you know, we'll take alcohol tax and we'll do alcohol abuse prevention. We'll take marijuana tax and we'll do drug abuse prevention and it'll reduce those things. I mean, that just sounds like a self-licking ice cream cone to begin with. And it just never works. It just never works. It just never, ever works. Sin tax is a, is a big, you know, and it's easy to say, well, it's just, you know, <sighs> yeah. Uh, Jeannie says she's worried about the camel's nose, the slippery slope argument. It's not a good thing. It just opens the door to ammo tax, gun taxes, and whatever else sin tax that they want to add. Socialists are coming. The socialists are coming. I mean, authoritarians going to authoritate. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Anthony's. Do we get a flaming hobo camp exception on air quality standards? No. No, you do not. That's not how it works. Um, uh, an ounce of marijuana in Nevada is about $90 legally, says Justin. Yeah, and what did I just say here in the state that, I mean, that it's, they're they're paying in the form of, let me go back to the story. I closed the story. Um, they actually said how much, uh, what are they paying? $50 per ounce in taxes, $50 an ounce in taxes. So here it's, you know, in Nevada, it's $90 for an ounce legally here. 50 of that would be tax. Oh man. Brian says, remember back in the day when people would call into the radio stations advocating legalization and how the taxes would carry the state? I I had to laugh because that was never my argument. I was just like, man, people just ought to, you know, as long as they're not hurting anybody. Uh, but that was, you know, that's that's the danger of putting these kind of things on, you know, like the ballot like that and then making an argument that, oh, it'll be a great tax revenue. Man, never offer yourself up as a sacrificial lamb on the tax altar. Never do that. It's going to hurt you in the long run. You know, that's, you know, Oof. never, never do that. 
All right. Um, I got other stories to get into. Let's uh, let's jump into it. The Michael Duke Show. Common sense, liberty-based, free-thinking radio. I was waiting for that. Here we go. Let's get it done. Now. Okay. <laughs> well, the chat room is lively this morning. Got these folks all wound up. Got them all ready to go. Let's continue on. <clears throat> I want to get to this whole story about the uh, last year's snowfall on the Matsu. Um, we're <laughs> talking about, what is it? Rick says it's Monday and we're talking about pot and Mountain Dew in the chat room. I mean, okay. I guess those go hand in hand. It does not sound like breakfast of champions to me, but you know, what 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 are you going to do? What are you going to do? All right. Um oh, let's uh let's well, this is a bit of tragedy. Uh a 17-year-old boy died on Saturday in what troopers are describing as an accidental shooting out in western Alaska. They were uh, reports of the incident happened about 23 miles downriver from Caltag. Uh, the uh, hunter, who was not identified publicly, died from a gunshot wound he suffered about 1130 in the morning. The trooper spokesperson said he was hunting with two other people and was the only one injured. They found no immediate signs of foul play. Uh, further details are not immediately available, but they are looking into it. So sad tragedy there. Uh, in that regard, uh, this is a story that uh, I hadn't really given much thought about because I never saw this in my time of commercial fishing, which I mean, arguably, I only spent about a year commercial fishing, but I didn't never really saw this. Um, there is a story in the ADN uh, from Hal Burton talking about um, 10 killer whales have been caught this year by trawl vessels off the coast uh, uh, off Alaska. Uh, the Federal Fisheries Agency reported last week that 10 killer whales were caught in the gear of trawl net vessels. Only one was released alive. Um, they got entangled, uh, but it, the numbers um, the numbers are much higher in 2023 than they have been in the past. Uh, another killer whale was also entangled in longline gear. Apparently, part of the reason why is that... Um, the uh, is that the killer whales they 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 get in they they follow the uh, for decades they've been drawn to fishing boats because uh, the longliners they drop lines with baited hooks and once the cod or whatever catch you know get on the hook the whales will strip them off the hooks as they're brought to the surface so there's you know they're fly, they're running back and forth against the long line as it's being pulled up off the bottom with fish attached to it and they're plucking them like cotton you know as they go by zooming back and forth having a feast uh same kind of thing they're getting caught in the trawl nets as well um and i just i don't know if 
it's an interesting story. Let's just put it that way. I hadn't considered it because I personally had never seen this happen in my longlining trips or anything else. I was on a longliner, not on a dragger. Um, because I don't know the, the whole dragging thing just really bums me out. It, it does. It bothers me the way that the way that these trawlers work. It, uh, it bothers me the way that they, uh, scrape the bottom uh, of the ocean, uh, in that regard. Uh, but they are looking into it. NOAA and the ground fishing forums, uh, didn't offer how the whales got caught in the nets. So it's unclear whether they may have been low in the water column or got entangled as the net was drawn into the surface. Um, the, uh, the trawl cat caught halibut appeared to be the attractant that the killer whales, uh, followed. So, it, uh, anyway, it's, it's kind of a horrific deal in the long run, but there's an interesting article. I'll post it up in the chat room. So if you want to go out there and take a look at it, or you can just go over to the ADN and take a look at it for, you know, see what's going on there as well. Um, the, uh, good news is, I mean, oh, no, the bad news. Let me go to the bad news first. The bad news is. Well, and I guess it's good and bad news. Um, our uh, friend of the show, Sheldon Meyer, has uh, he came on the program here, oh, maybe a month and a half, two months ago. And we talked about what was going on with the mine, his mine, up north of Fairbanks. Sheldon has a history of not bowing to federal pressure on certain things. And he talked about his fight with M. Shaw the Mine Safety and Health Administration. And um, he told the story about what was going on, and he came on board the show and talked about it. It was an interesting conversation. I think it opened a lot of people's eyes. We had a lot of interaction with the listeners. Well, now M. Shaw is asking a U.S. District Court judge for an unusual court order requiring the gold mine to open its gates, open its gates for inspectors. Now, you might find that interesting. I mean, I thought the mine safety. No, they have to. You have to capitulate to give them authority to come in and regulate your mine. That's the thing that Sheldon talked about, and this is proof in the pudding. The proof is there that they're trying to get a judge to compel him to open the mine up to them. And he's saying no, which is a similar to a case that happened down in Nevada um, where uh, a similar situation happened and the mine owner won for not allowing them to come on and, uh, and be part of it, for not capitulating to that. According to court documents, Sheldon Meyer has blocked federal inspectors from Pedro Creek Mine, which is directly adjacent to the claim that led to the founding of Fairbanks, for more than a year. It talks about the particulars of the case and how they've gone back and forth, how they took a helicopter and tried to fly in with a helicopter. Um, and, uh, you know, the claim that that Sheldon and his wife are basically saying this is no, that's not what it is, not what we wanted to do. Um, what I found interesting was that uh, James, uh, not, uh, James Brooks for the Alaska Beacon, who's writing the story, I always attribute James Brooks whenever he's. Whenever he is, I'm reading one of his stories or I'm taking information from one of his stories, I always, you always hear me attribute his name, James Brooks from the ADN or James Brooks from the Alaska Beacon. But in this thing, he says, in April, 
So apparently it was more than a couple months ago. In April, Meyer appeared on a local radio show and said he had 17 egregious safety violations waiting for himself and that he denied each and every one. (laughs) James apparently is going back and listening to. So, James, if you're listening to the podcast, man, I attribute you. What couldn't you think, you know, at least mention my name in the maybe I'd get a few more listeners out of that. I mean, that's just a completely, you know, greedy self-serving reason, but I always attribute you whenever I read a story from you. But he just says a local radio show. It's a statewide radio show. I'm just, you know, I mean, not to point fingers or to make, (laughs) I mean, I might be splitting hairs here, but I'm just like, man, first of all, I attribute everything to, if I read a story from anybody, I try and read the name of the author so that people know who it is. And I always, I I always give credit where credit's due. And I always try and get the facts. Meyer appeared on a local radio show and said he had, thanks, thanks. So anyway, um, the the, uh, judge, it's all sitting in front of a judge right now. Um, The Department of Labor attorney representing the federal government did not return an email seeking comment on Friday. The case remains open in front of the judge who may issue an order later this month. Now I knew this was coming because Sheldon called and reached out to me here about a week and a half ago and said, this thing was all coming to a head. Um, we'll see whether or not, uh, his attorneys say it's a good idea for him to come on and talk about it before or after the decision. We'll have to see, but, uh, this is a fascinating case. Sheldon is very much, uh, a fighter. Um, he was part of that whole, uh, chicken, uh, the uh, miners and chicken when the uh, EPA came in and flew in on helicopters with SWAT teams and raided all the remember that I mean that led to a that led to a congressional inquiry that was I mean we had him on the program when that whole thing went down when they flew in with helicopters and and M4s and guys in black flak jackets with EPA across there I mean EPA Environmental Protection Agency has its own SWAT team. What is going on with that? Anyway, that story is by James Brooks. Again, attribution by James Brooks is over in the Alaska Beacon and you can read it there. Okay, uh, one final story before we go to break and then I've got uh, the story of last year's snow coming up. Um, uh, We've been talking a lot on this program about Starlink, how I believe that it is a kind of a genius, you know, kind of a genius situation, a great thing to have, um, and a great alternative for, you know, for things. Well, we got this new story coming out right now. Starlink, uh, on, uh, last week posted a, uh, picture on, uh, Twitter or X, I guess, uh, they posted a picture of Starlink's first community gateway providing gigabit connectivity, up to 10 gigabits. They put it and installed it over on on Alaska. So you listeners right now in Alaska, you've got an opportunity. 10 gigabit connection? Oh, man. The company uh, on uh, Friday the 15th announced on uh, X that its first community gateway providing gigabit ca- commu- uh, connectivity is open on, on Alaska. 
The system built above the hills, uh, built in the hills above the city of Alaska, consists of four white spherical antennas. Uh, six foot wide spheres receive the signal from the Starlink satellites, and uh, then are beamed to people locally. Emmett uh, Emmett Fitch, who owns Optimera, 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 yep, Optimera, an internet service provider in the community. He said his company owns a cell and microwave tower near the community gateway, and along with other hardware, the tower distributes the signal from Starlink around the town. So it basically, it's a land hub for Starlink. So you don't have to have a Starlink. You have to have like a little microwave transmitter, and he transmits the signal from the hub to you. 10 gigabits. It's fun. Wow. I mean, Wow. Uh, he said the start the gateway was completed in recent weeks, uh, and uh, it's I'm uh, super excited. Um, the uh, GCI has connected on Alaska with fiber optic cables late last year. First and foremost, I'm wondering what the cost is of that to use to get a hold of their fiber. Uh, but also, fiber is superior in many ways, but it's also prone to failure. It can be cut. It can be you know there's lots of things. And of course, there is the cost of there is the question of cost. Uh, if the Starlink 10 gigabit connection is uh, is more reasonable, I mean, this is what people were talking about. We have Willie who's in the chat room right now. Willie is out in Willie's out in Quinnahawk, which is out towards Bethel, and he said it was he was paying three hundred dollars a month for a I don't know I think it was twenty megabyte. It was it was a small package. And he's getting 10 times that to 10, 15 times that from Starlink for 99 bucks a month. So this could not be just a question of speed. It could be a question of cost. Anyway, that's a really, really cool story um, about this. I'm excited to see it. I'm excited to see this whole thing be fleshed out. I'm still on GCI. I have my Starlink box. I kind of unboxed it and got it all ready, but I'm waiting to make sure the connectivity is because when I'm talking to you guys on the radio, the signal from this my studio here is being sent via the internet to other radio stations. So I gotta have a pretty high speed connection and I can't have any drops. I can't have any, you know, dropouts uh, or lag or anything else in the signal. So it's gotta be rock solid. So I'm 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 waiting. I'm waiting for that full constellation of satellites to be there. I just, I can't, I can't, I can't wait. Can't wait to have that. All right. We got uh, more coming up. The Michael Duke Show, Common Sense, Liberty-based, free-thinking radio. We will continue right after this. Tammy Wilson coming up in hour two. I mean, is it me? I know James is probably going back and listening to the show on the podcast. I doubt he's listening, you know, in the morning. But I mean, come on. Come on, James. I give you the I give you the the nod every time I read one of your stories. Every time I even take something from part of your stories. 
I mean, oh man, oh. Um, and here I was reading articles about killer whales attacking boats and wondering why. Now I know intelligent mammal murder fish and seeking revenge for his fifteen pals. <laughs> oh man. I'm not groveling for credit, as a Herald says. I mean, of course, it's Herald. Groveling for credit? No. I'm just like, I thought it was just polite to give attribution to people. And, you know, not just some, I mean, I could just say in the paper and not give him, you know, credit. I guess. I mean, maybe I should do that. I just thought it was polite. That was all. You know, why not? Um, uh, let's see. Uh, that's not how it works, says Harold. Uh, that's how the story, I mean, I thought maybe it was a hub, uh, for distribution, but he basically said the way that the story is written, maybe unless you want to send me another story, this is the only one that I've seen on it. Um, and uh, they're basically distributing it. They're distributing the signal from Starlink around town. He owns a his Fitch said his company owns a cell and microwave tower near the community gateway, along with other hardware. That tower distributes a signal from Starlink around town. So he's using he's using Starlink as the main ISP, and he's distributing it. So. There you go. Um, I'm just reading what I read. All right. Um, man, GCI's customer service is horrible. Best when I live 10 miles from one of their offices. Can't imagine how fun it'd be to deal with it in the bush. <laughs> um, GCI was originally, here's Willie out in the bush. GCI was originally double the price of the $90 Starlink in Alaska. They had to lower their price because GCI was still limited. Um, uh, let's see. Um, make sure you ask Tammy about the multifunction devices at NASPO. What? I don't, I don't know what. I don't know what that is. The Republican women of Fairbanks. Uh, I don't know what the, well, I'll ask. We'll see what goes on with that. Um, oh, it's nice and brisk out there. It says Rick must have stepped outside. It's actually gone down a degree since I started the show 45 minutes ago. Rick, it was it was 34 when I got started. Now it's 33. Uh, apparently, it's just going to get colder today. It's that's just going to get colder. Oof, oof. Um, all right. I have no idea what that's all about. Barbara's in the chat room. She can tell us all about that. I have no idea what uh, multifunction de devices on Nasbo. I don't even know what that is. Uh, oof. Still trying to wake up. It's Funday Monday. 
Sundays are the worst, right? I mean, Sunday of the day is so nice, the whole day, and then by the end of the evening, then I start to get the Sunday blues of, ugh, i got to start to do this all in the morning. And then I lay there in bed, and I'm like, I should really go to sleep because i got to wake up early, and you know, it'll be, you know, 11 o'clock at night, and I'm like, i got to get up in five hours. Please fall asleep. Ooh. Um... The multifunction device went on for three meetings. Well, I don't even know what that's about. All right. Well, thank you, Barbara, for the, uh, um, I guess, telling us about it. Well, maybe we'll ask him. I don't know. Is it is it relevant? Does it matter? I'm not familiar with what we're talking about in that regard, Barbara. Is it an important issue or is somebody just making, making hay? What's going on? All right. We're about to ding. Here we go. That means it. We're ready to go. 30 seconds out. Ready to return. The Michael Duke Show. Common sense. Liberty-based. Free-thinking radio. Please like and share. Like and follow. Do all the youtube things and everything else. Thank you for sending stars. I got a notification from, from Facebook that they sent me some money from the stars. That was nice. It wasn't much. It was, you know, just a little bit. I love that. I just love it. Anyway, thank you. Let's get to it. Here we go. Uh, welcome back. One final segment here of hour one, and then we'll be joined at the top of the hour by Tammy Wilson, uh, who will be coming on board and uh, uh, talking uh, with us about borough business up in the Fairbanks North Star Borough, along with the election, uh, uh, along with the election issues that are coming up uh, next week. So we'll be talking with her here in just a few minutes. All right. uh, One final story here. Uh, Let's talk about this. It, uh, it's, it's getting, it's, you know, (laughs) oh man, this, this story makes my head hurt. So. You'll recall that you'll recall last winter. I mean, you remember last winter with snowpocalypse 2022 slash 23? Last winter, here in the Matsu specifically, it was bad in Anchorage as well, but here in the Matsu, it was unbelievable. I mean, literally at one point, I was snowed in for three days here at the house. We could not, I mean, we live at the end of a cul-de-sac and there was three feet of snow in the cul-de-sac. Like you couldn't have left, you could have had the big, you'd have had to have a snow cat to get out of here, right? 
no four-wheel drive vehicle was going to push snow up over the radiator to get out of here. It was that kind of that kind of snow. And it was brutal. I mean, it was just nonstop brutal. By the t- by the end of this by the end of this of the winter, um I had we had thrown snow so far up out of the driveway that literally the the berm on the lawn was almost six feet tall. That's how much snow we had thrown off the driveway onto the lawn, off to the sides of the of the driveway. It was literally six feet tall. Um, it, so it's just a tremendous amount of snow is what I'm trying to say. The whole point here is I'm trying to say there was a lot of snow. So because of that and because it was so hard to get plowed out, I mean, it was just the it was miserable. And the snow plows were essentially running nonstop for months. Like literally 12-hour days, these guys. Now, the snow removal in the borough is handled by contractors, right? They're in road service areas. And so the road service areas contract with private contractors to go out and take care of it. The borough doesn't have its own equipment uh, because they're road service areas, and so they hire and they contract out. Most of the contractors in charge um, of the uh, snow removal in the Matsu are now in an ongoing dispute with borough officials over unpaid bills from last winter that threatened to extend into this plowing season. The additional invoices total $7.1 million. These are overages and reflect the time it took to clear the snow pushed into roads from private properties by uh, five of the six maintenance contractors. There's six different maintenance contractors. Five of them have done these overages. Now, usually the overages are pretty small, you know, in relation to the whole thing, 100000 bucks or something like that. But this is $7 million plus in total between these five, uh, between these five vendors. They say that the... Uh, <laughs> Part of the problem was people were pushing the snow from their driveways instead of throwing it onto their lawns or blowing it off to the sides or whatever. They, a lot of them were pushing it out into the driveways, into the road, which caused extra work. I mean, you know. Um, and that's one of the reasons why they've charged for this overage. Rather than pay the overage, though, which they have in the past, they've they've had a con- – they've had a – there's been a handshake deal. Uh, rather than pay the overage, the borough has now offered all six contractors a 20% cost of living adjustment on their contracts backdated to the first of this year uh, with a requirement that they agree to file no overage bills for clearing property snow during uh, property private property snow during the upcoming winter season. Now, the problem is, is the contractor said if they accept the offer, it could put them out of business. Or force them to make staffing changes. <laughs> they, I mean, here's the thing: they they did plow the roads. Those plows were going twenty four seven. It just it was. I have never seen that much snow up close and personally in my entire life. That's how much snow it was. And they did this. They did the work. They got it all done, and they. That they're just wanting to get paid. 
Now, property owners are barred from shoveling snow from their yards or in their driveways into the right-of-way, but it's a rule that's rarely enforced. I did my best to make sure that I would push it up out of the thing. In fact, we would take the big scoop shovel and we would run it out around the edge of the driveway and then throw it up onto the lawn off to the side, right? I mean, I try to, we do our best. We're not intentionally pushing it out there. But there was so much snow, it was everywhere. The bottom line is, is that the contractors are all saying, we can't carry this burden. We can't eat this. This will, this will destroy us. This, this is what they're saying. And we're just finding out about this now in September, October, when it's about to hit the white button and, you know, all the stuff's going to dump from the sky. And we're just finding out about this now. Here's the interesting part. Contractors are without apparent remedy for forcing the borough's hand. Earlier this year, in a closed-door meeting with borough officials, several offered to give back their contracts so they could be rebid under the borough's new interpretation. Because what happened was, and I missed this part, but we're running out of time, is under the old um, public works director, they had a handshake deal as if there was an overage that would be paid because they trusted him. They've been doing it for years and they... But they've got a new park, they've got a new public works director, and he's like, well, that's not what the contract said, and that's not what we're going to pay. And so they've been working under these contract conditions for years, and now the new guy's like, no, we're going to go buy the book. This guy sounds interesting. Let me just put it that way. Um, But so they said, well, we'll just give back our contracts, and we can rebid under your new interpretation. That idea was abandoned when the borough threatened to pursue legal action and go after their bonds. Borough officials confirmed this week that handing the contracts back would trigger bigger problems with the contractors. They said, um, ideally, anytime contractors realize there's a, that, that aspects of the job may fall outside the terms of their contract, they should get pre-approval from the borough for their, from their uh, borough-assigned road service superintendent. Such work can be approved and billed later to the borough. So you got a call to get pre-approval. He said, we don't, anticipate, we don't anticipate that we allow them just to collect charges and then submit an invoice at the end of the season. In the past, with less snow and different people in charge of public works, that's what happened, said uh, one, of the, uh, 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 one of the folks here. He said if he encountered a problem, he called the road service area superintendent to document it, regardless of the time or the day of the week. He said it was no issue. The borough and superintendent had no issue to go to bat for extra dollars. But when the person in charge role changed out back in January, he said he found his calls often went unanswered, leaving him to make a decision on the work in the moment. So he wouldn't they wouldn't answer the phone. The new guy, Adam, said because staff charges the borough overtime for off-hours calls, he's worked to curtail it, and some of it may have gone too far. So you want everybody to call in and beg your permission, but then you're like, well, no, we just, I don't, we don't work on weekends. We don't work after hours. We don't do it. We're trying to curb a little overtime here because I couldn't possibly be bothered to take a phone call in the middle of the largest snow season in history and take a phone call from one of the leaders of one of these uh, snow contractors. That is the dumbest thing I ever heard.
well, what you want you to do is this. And then they're like, we tried to do that, and you didn't answer the phone. Well, we, I may have gone too far and tried to. Yeah. <laughs> There's never a time that we told them we could respond to their duties as superintendent, but I think some of them probably took the conversation and maybe leveraged it a little bit and chose not to answer some of those calls. Okay. You're in charge of that, buddy. You are in charge of that. Anyway, I think this is ridiculous at this point. I mean, I don't know if they should just pay out. I mean, there's got to be something. We're just going into the snow season now. All I can think of is if they don't plow the roads this year, I don't know what I'm going to do. If they get into a fight and we get even less snow service, and it's supposed to be potentially. Mm. All right, Tammy Wilson up next, The Michael Duke Show. Yeah, man, it is uh, it is nuttier than squirrel poo, what they've got going on right now. This new guy took over in January, and apparently it's uh, reading between the lines on this article. <laughs> what a mess. What a mess. <laughs> and, now, and now you're basically like, suck it up, buttercup, we're not paying you. Well, okay, well, we'll just quit doing the roads then. Sorry. What are you going to do then? I mean, it was the largest snow dump in recorded history. It wasn't. I don't know if it was or not. But it was one of the largest snow dumps in recorded history. You you figure that there's probably going to be, there's probably going to be, uh, uh, you know, some overtime on that. There's going to be some overages. Those guys were working like crazy. I spoke to one of the. I don't think some one of the wives or something was like, my husband's a snowplower and I haven't seen him in three days. He's literally out there plowing the snow. And that's what it was. Just pay them. Oh. Um, but I love the fact that he's like, all they have to do is call us and ask permission and we'll give pre-approval. And they're like, we tried to call you and you wouldn't answer the damn phone. <laughs> I mean... Okay. I mean, well, we didn't answer the phone because we were trying to reduce overtime. You know, or trying to reduce, we may have gone a little too far in reducing the overtime, but we, we, you know, we should. You want us to call you when we're plowing snow, which is pretty much any time of the day or night, to get a permission to do this special extra stuff. And then you don't answer the damn phone. And then you deny our bill when we issue it to you because you didn't answer the phone. You know what this sounds like? This sounds like a you problem. That's what it sounds like. A you problem. Oh my gosh. Just so frustrating to watch this thing. Um all right, let's uh let's go let's go over to uh Tammy Wilson here, who is waiting in the wings. Waiting in the wings. Whoa. Wow. You're blurring your, yeah. you're blurring yourself out there. I am. I'm gonna figure that out. There you go. Uh oof. Let me get all this or drag that around, do that, go to this. Boom. Look at that. All right. 
Uh, you all ready for this Monday, fun day Monday? Oh, well, it's always so nice to hear, you know, what's happening in the borough on the radio versus our mayor, right? Yeah, right. This is, right. Well, this is in the Matsu, just so that you know. I'm just throwing that out there. Yeah. So, But, I mean, yeah, it's it's more of the same. When I read this, I thought, boy, this sounds a lot like the guys that I used to deal with at Public Works when I was on the RSA. <laughs> it sounds like, you'll do what we tell you to do. Oh, no, we won't. Okay, well, then, all right. Hang their head yeah. and walk off in the corner. Yeah, we just won't plow the roads. We won't grade them. We'll just... Leave them like they are and tell you you can't do it as well. So nice, you know. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, if you are all ready to, uh, you're all ready to jump into this. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm ready to go. Uh, Let's do it. We're gonna, we're gonna talk about uh, this. Somebody asked to talk about, and this will, this will be a question, I guess. This multifunction business machine. It apparently went over three different meetings. Uh, you were talking about this. You saved the borough a lot of money because you brought it up, and people are like, "Tell us all about it." The what is it? I can't remember the the acronym. But it, is, it the, is the printers and stuff that they try to yeah, it was tell the, us it was extra people to be able to run them because our own people couldn't do it. That's what it was. It was the printers, the multifunction. Like, people can't go back and print a you know sheet of paper. We were yeah, the multifunction devices on Nasbo. That went on for three borough meetings. Ask about that. So somebody says I have to ask about it, and uh, and uh, we'll do it from there. All right. So we'll get into this here, and we'll continue. Boy, whatever you're doing, you're like, now you're a ninja. There you go. I'm not doing it. Yeah, I got to figure out how to undo it. Yeah. Whatever I did. Whatever you did, your camera <laughs> is is taking it Crazy. over. All oh, right. God. All right. Um, well, we are just about a minute and a half out. And uh, we'll get get onto this. <laughs> Whoa, Tammy is running her video chat on cataract simulator mode. <laughs> I don't even know what that is. Well, it's a blur feature. It's that what you're doing is you got the blur feature in the background, and it's uh, it's running over your face there. So there you go. Maybe Just, I need to change my position. Yeah. All right. Well, we're gonna uh, we're gonna run this, and we will. Uh, We'll, uh, we're, we're not, we're going to go. I'm, I'm ready to do it. So hold the line. I'll pull you back off the screen for the minute here and we'll get ready to do this. Folks, do me a favor, uh, like, and share the show, uh, like, and uh, follow the show page and, uh, make sure that you do all the stuff that you need to do to help, uh, get more people involved in the conversation. That's what it's all about. Uh, Brian just made the comment that, uh, yeah, this is the this is the one. It's going to make the next round of contracting a lot more expensive. I guarantee you that. There, these little shenanigans right here will cost them the next time that there's a contract. I guarantee you that it's no longer going to be status quo with a slight increase for fuel or cost of living. It's going to be significantly higher. This is what you get with bureaucracies. It's exactly what you get with bureaucracies. All right. Well, let's do this thing. Tammy Wilson, our guest, The Michael Duke Show. Common Sense, Liberty-based, free-thinking radio. We return with more Hour 2 right now.
Whoa, buddy, put that thing back in its holster. We haven't gone anywhere. I don't understand. Check out the MichaelDukesShow.com for information on how to get access to the podcast. Welcome to the party, pal. The, the Michael Dukes Show. The greed and the entitlement is astounding to me. What more could you want from a low-budget radio program? This is a dumpster fire. That was just BS. It is time to get a new perspective. We know just what you need, and we've got just the cure. Open wide and prepare for a steaming hot cup of freedom. I just don't fathom it. The Michael Dukes Show, streaming live across the world. Live around the world on the internet. Uh, uh, Sorry. That's the internet, but with goats. That's what that is. The internet. Uh, Live around the world on the internet. uh, uh, On your favorite and across the world at MichaelDukeShow.com. And live around the state of Alaska. This is your favorite radio station and or FM translator. Good morning, my friends. It is Monday. Are you ready for it? If not, don't go back to bed. Just get back up and let's let's get to it. We're going to we're going to dive into it today. Our guest here in hour 2 to talk about local issues up in the interior is uh Tammy Wilson, former state rep, current borough assemblywoman, now running for re-election, and we're going to talk with her about some of the big um some of the big issues that are coming up since the election is one week and a day away. It's one week from tomorrow, election day. Tammy Wilson uh, joins us this morning to discuss. Let's uh, let's pull this in and uh, and get talking to her and see what's going on. Good morning, Tammy. How are you? Great. How about you? You know, no, it's Monday. It's Monday. No complaints. It'll be, you know, it is what it is. I'm convinced myself that it's going to be a fun day. Uh, I don't know if that's just wishful thinking or not, but here we go. Little crisp up in the interior. Uh, little crisp pretty much everywhere, reminding us that winter is here. Did you get everything done for the? Did you get everything done? Uh, you know, for the the for the winter time. Are you are you prepped for winter? All ready to go. I remember it's election time, so that's first, you know, and then yeah. hopefully come October fourth, it'll still be nice enough outside to finish that to-do list. Yeah, exactly. Well, you hope so. I mean, there's been some Octobers when it has been. There's been some October. It's been really bad, right? Snow. But then it'll cover it all up and we won't remember till spring. Exactly. Snow and 20 below. I've had, I remember standing outside at snow and 20 below waving signs in October. Definitely not a, not a good thing. Uh, Tammy, this is an important election season uh, because we finally, when I, when I left uh, the borough. Uh, when I first when I <clears throat> when I got on the borough assembly, it was pretty even. Five years later, there was basically me and Lance were the only two people who were conservative, and then it was almost all progressives and left of center moderates, and it was a pretty unbalanced situation, and it remained that way for several years. But recently, you guys have kind of brought balance back to the assembly. You you and and four other assembly members. And this election is important to maintain that kind of balanced issue, right? I mean, give us give us the give us the rundown here. Well, um, so five of us, as you said, three of us are up for election. Um, well, 
Jimmy Cash and I um, currently sit on the assembly. Aaron Lajeski turns out, so we have Aaron Gibson running with us, which is really great. I mean, he's you know right on board and the same thought. Um, and so things are starting getting a little nasty because you know the other side can you know one person is all they need, and the other part that's kind of amazing. We have a chance to also change the makeup of the school board and make it 4-3. Again, we have to win all three of our elections, so people have to come out and vote if, you know, this direction we want to go. So our borough is, like, so out of control. I mean, you talk about Matt Sue. I mean, we just had an ordinance. You're, you're going to love this. So we were talking about remote properties. And what do we mean by remote properties? Ones that you have to fly in or take a four-wheeler or take a boat. I'm talking, like, way out there. And the mayor decides, he wants to rezone it. Bring up a zoning option to where you would have setback lines. You would have, and this is all general use right now, right? Where there's no setback lines. You can pretty much do anything you want. But he brings up, there are people out there doing things we don't want them doing. Now, we don't know what that is, but I just can't imagine anybody rezoning their property. But you know how it is. The worst part is I can rezone you, right? It's not just about... Me, but if I don't yeah. like what you're doing, I get a couple of my neighbors and we can rezone the whole area, right? And stop you. From, it, it can't really stop you from what you're doing, but stop you from any of those dreams you might have to do on your property, right? No grandfather rights, no nothing. Well, and I'm you can just... never figure out, like, who is it, right? You, you know as well as I know, who in Fairbanks doesn't like whom? Yeah. And why are we doing this? And how did it become a priority? Well, I mean, right? you're talking about properties that are like way off. I mean, no roads, no nothing. These are like cabin sites way up off the Salcha or places you have to fly into in an actual airplane. And they are, and the mayor is worried about people, setbacks and lot lines out there. And how much you can put on the property, like one little hut or something per three quarters of an acre. I mean, it's like almost more restrictive than some of our areas within town. And lucky because we have the assembly right now, it got voted down, you know, four yeses, guess who the four were, five no's. And it's like, how how would you even think that this was right in any kind of fashion whatsoever? Especially given the mayor's background of being a builder and everything. I'm like, why would, why would you, why would you think that this is a good idea? Why would you, you know, why? Why get the government involved Ooh, in this? So too, right? Who are we talking about here? Because you know Fairbanks, somebody, you know, with more money than you and I, most likely, you know, wants to do certain things with their property and doesn't want others around them to be able to do anything else because that's the way things run. And it's crazy yeah. that we wouldn't be going down that stream. But, you know, if we hadn't had the, the assembly, it would have gone through and you were slowly seeing, you know, one by one, people changing other people's zoning. And, you know, another thing is they've been trying to get rid of general use forever, even probably since you were on the assembly. Oh, they, they don't want it. Like yeah. It when, you can use, <laughs> when you can use your property for what you want to use it for. Yeah, no, they, they are not a fan of the general use certification for land, which is the majority of what the borough is made up of right now is general use. Basically, the only restrictions on general use is you can't have like a, a nuclear waste disposal site. And, uh, you know, it's, it's pretty much it, you know, at that point. So basically... Use your property for whatever you want as long as you're not hurting somebody else or dumping something that's contaminating the groundwater for your neighbor right. or it's whatever. Dangerous. You know, I mean, it's again, it's a very much do whatever you want as long as you're not hurting anybody else. And they 
hate that. They want everybody to be put in this little box. No, this is residential only. You can't have a business out. Oh, no, this is commercial only. You can't have a residence out. Oh, this is mixed use, but if you want to do it, you got to come beg us permission to do it. And I'm just like, at what point do we, you know, we, we if it pleases the king, we I'd like to use the property that I paid for and continue to pay for every year. I mean, you're not property owners. You're not, uh, you know, at this point, we're just renting the land from the government and hoping that they don't notice us at this point. And, and how crazy is that? I mean, you know, we've had more zoning this last year or the attempt to make zoning anywhere from our trails and say, my property is, you know, okay for people to trike through, you know, even if it like goes through my front yard. I mean, it just seems like everything has been attacked this year on private property rights and saying, my property is your property. And that's just not true. If you want my property, come talk to me, right? Negotiate. If you need a trail to be connected from one trail to the other, okay, let's sit down and talk and say, okay, I probably don't want it through my front yard. I don't want, you know, I live out here for a reason, right? Um, and so finally we did, you know, we have slowly had some ordinances and resolutions come through and say, okay, Burrell, start having these discussions with people, right? And if you, you know, need a trail to connect to one or the other, talk to everybody around, right? It doesn't have to be a perfect line. It could go around. But when we found out that you could negotiate and have it basically go on the edge of your property, and then you had to clear five feet of that. Who can do that? I mean, right, that would have right. been a major undertaking. And then who maintains that five feet? Right. Well, you know, what, what about your, what about your liability? What if you've got a slope or something on your thing and somebody tumbles down the slope and breaks a leg on your property? You know that you've given this right of way to. I mean, there's so many different problems here. But see, this is the this is the problem. Uh, my in my opinion, with this idea of collectivism, like, well, it's for the public good. We should be able to take part of your property to do whatever and everything. No, I mean, look, if you want to pay for the, if you want to buy a piece of my land, you can do that. If you, if I'm willing to do it, if I'm willing to, here's what they don't want. This is why they don't want to come and talk to you or to any property owner, because they just want you to comply. And so they're willing to use government as force, uh, as a as a you know as the hammer to come down on you and do it. That's why they want to put these laws into effect, because again they feel entitled to have access to everything around them. That's there's a whole mindset involved in that, which is just it's insane. Well, and this was even worse because they would wait until you had some kind of deal and you need to split your property, right? You had no idea that this existed. It's not on, you know, when you go to the title company, there was nothing saying, oh, by the way, do you know, right? Fill in the blank. So they'd wait till the deal comes in and say, oh, well, you can't divide your property unless you give this to us. And there's a process for that. There's a court process for that, it's, you know. And if you were in the city, they would literally have to take you to court and take your property. Here, they're using the planning process to do it and going around the courts, going around your, your rights and basically holding you hostage for whatever it is that brought you in in the first place. And how anybody could think that's right is just beyond me. Well, especially in Alaska. 
right? Especially in Alaska, land of the, you know, land of the last frontier, the free, the independent, rugged-minded Alaskans. I mean, I'll do whatever I want with my property. And then they come in and, like you said, they sideswipe the process by putting it through the planning commission. It sounds like what needs to happen, there needs to be a whole, some wholesale revisions to the planning uh, uh, commission. Uh, and uh, that platting and planning needs to be revisited. Maybe we need to talk about changing out some players there. Well, and it's a comprehensive plan. That's what we've learned is that this document that they talk about all the time, which is, oh, it just guides you, you know, helps you make those hard decisions. No, it doesn't. It actually gives more powers to the borough than what voters have even given them. That's how they were able to do the trails plan, how they could do the road plan, all because of this other document over here that I don't think anybody ever really took serious until now. Well, it's not and now you're like it's not that it gave them power, Tammy. It gave them an excuse to exercise power that they right. don't have. See, that's the thing. The people are there are there are, you know, the, the people are the ones that give the power to the borough, and it only goes as far as the people allow it. What needs to happen is if this kind of stuff continues, well, you just need to get like a class action lawsuit against the borough for every property owner who might be affected by this and have them all get on board and settle it once and for all. That the borough does not have the authority. It may be in their comp plan. Great. That's just a wish list. The comprehensive plan of any community, generally speaking, is a framework. It does not give authority. Um, and quite honestly, uh, we were talking about this uh, recently. I was talking about this with uh, Chris Story. The, the comp plan down in Homer is the same kind of thing. They're trying to use it as a bludgeon to force the community to go in a certain way that some people don't want to go. That's not this is the whole idea of central planning, right? Which is right. Where 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 did where did central planning really come from, right? Nobody it's again, nobody needs, you know, Soviet style central planning to show that it's not necessarily working for everybody. But you hit it. You know, if people don't get involved and people don't say anything, it just inches and inches and inches, right? Before you know it, you know, it's it's Kind of like all of a sudden you find out your property doesn't belong to you. You can't do, you know, this with it and that with it for no other reason than one or two people are trying to change your actions, whatever those are. Well, private property rights is a big deal for me. It was one of my it was one of the few things that I felt like I really accomplished when I left the borough, like five years of my life. I'll never get back. But at the same time, I was proud of the uh, of the accomplishments of protecting those property rights and getting the RSAC and the road service commissioners to get them a little more powerful uh, in their areas. I felt pretty good about that. So it's obviously an issue, but it can only it can only stay protected if we get out and vote and keep the balance on the assembly the way it is right now, which is five to four. You're barely, right. you're barely holding them in check. Barely, barely hold, you're in check. You're, you have the, you have the majority, the slimmest of majorities, uh, and it's barely in check right now. So, uh, Tammy Wilson is our guest. Uh, we're going to continue talking with her about some of the other issues that are facing it. Obviously property rights are one of the biggest issues. Uh, it's happening in the Matsu, says Terry in the chat room. Same thing happening here. Same thing happening on the peninsula. Man, dictator's going to dictate is what's going on with that. All right, back with more. Tammy Wilson, our guest, The Michael Duke Show. Common Sense Radio. If you missed the show, you can listen to it on your time with Dukes On Demand. 
Oh, and it's free. Like America used to be. Streaming live every weekday morning on Facebook Live and MichaelDukesShow.com. Tammy Wilson, our guest. <clears throat> I got to be honest with you. I'm a little disappointed that the mayor would bring something like that forward for remote. I mean, first of all, I think that I think that remote property taxes should go away anyway, because what are they receiving for the you know for the for the privilege of living in the borough? It's not that like they're receiving services, sanitation road services, everything that they use, like if it's a boat launch or something, that's all state run. I mean, why have it, you know, it always frustrated me. My grandparents built a piece of recreational, uh, built a recreational property that they owned free and clear for 65 years. And when they passed that on, you know, all of a sudden you start having to pay an additional five, six, eight hundred dollars, a thousand dollars a month in property taxes for a piece of property that's been owned free and clear for 60 or 70 years. You got to start asking questions like, why? Well, I mean, what am I, what am I getting? What am I doing? What is the, what is the point to this? Well, the next thing you have to ask yourself, where are they spending it on? We were talking a little bit before we came on about, you know, the printer contract that we had. It may not seem like a big issue, but they didn't even go out for bid for our local people. They went with some big national company, right? They're buying brand new printers. And literally, they're talking about how they have to have a professional change the ink in it. That's how that's how crazy the discussion got. We're like, these are new. How many people hopefully they don't need to be fixed right for quite a while and i'm pretty sure that anybody that should be able to change the ink in the machine we shouldn't have to hire somebody to be able to do that i mean it was crazy and you know half the time you know because you know it simply is not our full-time job and we get kind of half answers from the administration we hear from the community right and that's what it is we had a couple printing companies going well why didn't we get to bid on this you know this is a huge contract right um, why wouldn't we want to do it locally? And those are the questions that we asked. And we were able to turn around and say, no, we're not going to give this, you know, mo-. we didn't even know who this group of people were. We right. just knew they had nothing to do with Fairbanks. Right. And, you know, first of all, everybody should have a right to get, you know, to put a bid on anything that the borough right. is doing. But that's what they like to do is say, oh, this is so specialized. Only certain people can do it until you ask those details. And then you find out they don't even have them. We've got to a point in the finance committee meeting. We don't want you to send us the information, right? This used to happen in the legislature all the time. We'll take breaks. We're like, you need to go find the answer and you need to bring it back right now. This is this is your job, right? You just they just like blindly want us to vote for whatever comes up, and that's just not okay. Yeah. Well, we'll talk about that when we get back on the air because I think that's an important point to make that this is how government runs amok. This is how you see those increases. This just this blithely, oh, we're going to do things the way that we want to do them because they're more convenient for us as as bureaucrats. It's more convenient for us if we work with the people that we, you know, we don't want to put it to bid. We don't want to do that. We want the best and the newest and the greatest, even though that may not make financial sense because it's not their dollar. Uh, and then, like you said, the answer is, well, I don't have that right now. I'll get that back to you. No, we'll take a break right now. You'll go get the information and come back because I'm not voting on this thing until you actually have the information that I'm asking for. That's the exactly. thing. Um, those finance committee meetings, when we went through those, 
<laughs> we went to those finance committee meetings, and it was just like they just expected us to rubber stamp everything. And if you started to try and get down to the weeds too much, oh, man, you would get – well, I got chastised from the chair several times for getting too far down into the weeds on stuff. I'm like, I want to know what's – well, but it's not our job to direct it. Our job is just to give the money to the director, and then the director makes those decisions. But I want to know what those decisions are before I sign the check. You know what I mean? I mean, that's that's crazy. Just wanting information, shame on you. I mean, I don't – you know. Yeah, you how dare know you? Ruth. Yeah, how dare you should delve down into that and ask where these things come from and what's what the money what's going to be done with the money? How dare you do that? Uh, Tammy Wilson, our guest uh, here, we're going to get back into it here. We're about uh, fifteen seconds out, <clears throat> ready to jump into this. We're going to get Tammy all spun up for a Monday, and then she's going to be excited. It's going to be good. Uh, all right, here we go, uh, folks. Like and share, like and follow, do all the things. Subscribe, YouTube, the whole schmear. Let's get it going on. Common sense, liberty based, free thinking radio. Let's uh, <clears throat> let's do this thing. Here we go. Public anima number one. Oh wait, sorry. Uh, enemy. Public enemy number one, which makes more sense. On the other hand, he's a little bit of a pain in the uh, Michael Duke show. What? I am not a pain in the anything. I'm. I'm a perfect little angel. Just ask my mom. I'm a perfect little angel. Uh, joining us now here on the program, continuing, is Tammy Wilson, uh, Assemblywoman uh, at the Fairbanks North Starboro Assembly, running for re-election. Uh, we've been talking about the makeup of the Assembly. It is now five to four, five conservatives versus four progressive kind of voices, you know, in the balance of things. And how that five to four majority, uh, she's just been telling us a few of the things that have tried to come through that they have shot down recently. And how important it is to get out and vote in the upcoming election to make sure that that balance is maintained, uh, because otherwise it could get worse. Now, we're talking about bureaucracy and how government has the you know proclivity to grow in and of itself. And during the break, we were talking about just one example of that. Uh, Tammy, they were looking at a no-bid contract. They didn't put a contract out for bid for new printers for the whole borough. Print, like printers, room. like printers at your desk, kind of printers, well, and, and the big ones, and the, and the big ones, the big multifunction printers, right? Uh, but these printers were so fancy and so big that they actually were going to have to hire somebody, some outside expert, to come in and change the the ink, the toners on these things. That the average person couldn't just open a door and swap them out. They needed to hire somebody. And the worst part about this was. This didn't go out to bid, and you were only made aware of it by local machine, you know, a business machine companies that said, hey, how does this contract? We didn't, we never got an RFP. It never got put out. We didn't get a chance. Local businesses didn't get a chance to bid on it. And this thing, obviously, you made some people uncomfortable, and you must got it down in the weeds because this thing went for three meetings. You guys were talking about this. Uh, give us the details on this and, and, and walk us through this. Well, first, our finance chair doesn't lecture us like they did you, because I am the finance chair, so <laughs> I'm starting the questionnaire. Um, but yeah, it was, I mean, it was, they had to hire a person to change the ink or do the maintenance. These are, And we're going like, well, these are brand new machines. Why would you need to have a full person? Well, we can't just hire like a half person and we can't do this or that. And, and they went with a national organization. I mean, not even a company, an organization that 
tells you who the people are that you should get this contract for and not to let local business, first of all, find out if they can compete, which we knew they could because they told us they could on it and bring them in a meeting and say, we're going to make you a part of it and then go out sideways and not even tell them until it gets before us. But like one of the frustrating things, the reason it went on so long is we would ask questions and it's kind of where we stop letting them get back to us. Now, when they say they have, you know, we have questions, they can't answer it. I'll just take a break. And I'm like, you need to go find the answer. Like now we're so, not going to vote on these things without to, knowing. To clarify. Exactly. Yeah. To these cl- are like multi-year, right? This is not right. like you know, the, the printers you're talking about having people attached for five, 10 years, depending upon how they've written the contract right. out. So I'm not just making a decision today for you, but even, you know, whoever's going to be in there, you know, years from now. And, and to clarify what you're saying is because this is a common tactic that happens at the state level, at the borough level. I saw it when I was on the assembly where you'd have a question about something that financially, like you're, you're talking right. about the budget and you're like, okay, so what happens with X dollar? How does this work? What's going? Well, I don't have that right in front of me. I'll have to get back to you. And they're assuming they're going to get back to me after I vote. I need the information before I vote. But their assumption is, oh, I'm just going to shine you on. I don't have the information now. I'll give it back to you later. uh, But go ahead and vote on it now. And so (laughs) what you're saying is the reason it took so long is because when they said, oh, I don't have that information. I'll get back to you. You're like, no, we'll take a break and you'll go get the information and come back and bring it to us. Absolutely. We didn't have the vote until people were comfortable enough to be able to give that answer. Uh, but when they're using, I mean, it's like our money is not our money. They just feel it's all borough money as soon as they take it. I mean, I think the biggest issue that came to a head is the nonprofits. You know, we found out that basically we have an assessor who has interpreted the rule different than from what my understanding, anybody in the state is. And if you're not using every part of your building and every part of your land for exclusive on that property. So let's say a church, right? So I have a church, I bought like 10 acres. I'm planning on building another church, you know, or an educational, something part of it. And you can even see it, right? This is not even a plan later later on. They are drawing imaginary lines around these facilities and taxing the rest. To the tune of one of our churches in the last few years, over $140,000 in taxes. And what the borough will say, well, just take it to court and court will figure it out. Well, ask Camp Lywa how that's working for them. They've been in court for two years now, two years, paying lawyers, right? And our lawyer keeps telling us, well, it's not costing us anything because, well, they're just sitting around basically you're doing, you know, just waiting on lawsuits to happen, which I know that's not true, you know, on it. And so we, you know, the sad thing is we got it to go to the, to the Board of Equalization, which is not a bad thing, but it doesn't solve the problem, right? Because the problem is the interpretation, one person, the whole borough, that's costing our nonprofits to take the hard-earned money that they get, that they're doing it, right, to use to help those that need it, giving it to the borough instead. Right. And is the borough really that hard up? Right. You know? No. I mean, I, if they are, then they need to look at themselves first. But they went after agriculture first, right, on farming. Now they're going after nonprofits, you know, which include your churches as well. <clears throat> And if we don't all group together and say this isn't right, they're just going to go out to another sector because they just continue to break them down, right? Oh, well, that doesn't affect me, so I'm not going to get involved. Oh, that doesn't involve me. Well, guess what, guys? It's going to get to you next, you know, as they continue to just stomp on people. And they actually came and testified 
And the worst one was, remember the fires at Two Rivers? Yes. So they had a free um, store, right? Right. Just right next to the, the center. It got burned down by the arsonist. So you know what the borough did? They now tax the lot. To this day, they tax, tax the lot until they can find the money to put the free store back. Who does that? <laughs> they I mean, never they never saw a dollar they didn't want to go after. They never saw a dollar that they, you know, that's the that's the thing. And and this is <clears throat> this, this is a, you know, it's this is a people problem. This is an assessor problem. This is an administration problem. The administration not going down and having a conversation with the assessor to say, um, dude, this interpretation doesn't sound right. What what's going on? Walk me through your justification for this. Exactly. You know, but we can't fire them. You know, it's an assembly. So at least we're going to give them a stop, you know, versus going straight to court. I mean, it's just it's the insanity of I don't like a book at the library. Right. There's a book that children, you know, shouldn't see. We've heard about the one book, you know, it's all throughout the state. It's not just a, a borough one. Well, how do I get it out? Well, first I go to the selection committee. Oh, you mean the committee that selected the book to put it on there? In the first place, who I right. hope would read it. Yeah. And then if you don't like that, you go to the library commission. And if you don't like that, you know where you go next? Court. Now, what group can just automatically jump into court? I mean, why isn't the assembly having any part of this? Which, just to cue you in, there will be an ordinance coming forward giving it to the assembly. Before you send people to court, you know, on something that has only been internally done by... A group of people. And I'm not saying the people are yeah, a non-elected, non-elected group of people are making that decision, and they're saying there's no recourse other than taking them to court. Right, and I don't know about your courts down there. Our courts are pretty full of like maybe people who deserve to be in jail, versus taking on things that the parole doesn't want to make the hard decisions over. And you're right. Most of what we're dealing with right now is an administration problem. The things that they bring forward, but they're the ones, you guys, that will bring the ordinances forward. And if we don't have the votes to stop it, we all suffer. It's not just, you know, a couple of us, but it all changes how we do things here. And not just us, but the school board's in the same portion of it, right? I mean, more and more social issues are coming versus reading, writing, and arithmetic. And in my opinion, you know, let's do it first, right? Make sure our kids can read and can do math and, you know, the social stuff. There are other places to take care of social issues, not within our schools. Tammy Wilson. <clears throat> Tammy Wilson is our guest uh, running for re-election uh, in the Fairbanks North Star Borough. Uh, of course, Election Day is a week from uh, tomorrow. It's uh, Tuesday. Tomorrow. A uh, week from Tuesday, and uh, so we got to get out there. You got to get out there. We got to have your vote be heard. If you want to keep the balance, like I said, when I left Fairbanks in my rearview mirror, that was one of the things that I was like, I don't have to deal with that anymore because it was madness being the only, you know, being one of the only voices on the assembly that was conservative. I mean, I felt like I was just Dr. No. Everything that I said was like, no, no, no. Just voted no on everything because – and, and I could bring it up and I could talk about things and I could point out, you know, uh, uh, inefficiencies and everything else. And it didn't matter because I didn't have the votes to be able to slow, slow things down or even st forget about stopping things. Just slowing the roll was hard enough. Uh, so having a good balance on there is important. And there are three other people or three people total, you uh, and Aaron, the new Aaron, um, and one other that. So give us give us again. Tell us who's going to be running and what we need to know. 
So Jimmy Cash and Aaron Gibson are running, um, running together um, to be able to take this back. Um, we actually had not a debate, but what we did learn on it, I mean, one thing I want to bring up is air quality. We had everybody go down the line on the other side that wants the borough to take air quality back and find people and shut people down because they somehow think that will stop the EPA from doing anything. Well, you know as well as I do, I don't care who it is, the EPA's in charge, and all they do is swing out little money out there and say, you know, oh, you take this over. Well, there's nothing to take over. The same rules apply no matter who it is, you know, but we have a governor right now who has more than fought the issue. It doesn't need to be on the local level, you know. Jimmy and Aaron and I, you know, get to join Barbara and Brett. I mean, that is what it comes down to at this point. If the three of us don't win, we're going to go right back into the climate action that right. they want to, you know, they want the first part right. that goes with it. It's going to, you know, it's going to have stronger zoning because we would have lost that zoning as well because the vote, you know, was four, four, five against so making that change. You can go back and just look at the votes and the budget. This is the first year the budget actually went down. Even with that six and a half percent increase in wages, we were able to find efficiencies. And I haven't had one person call me and say, well, I can't. Well, because we do a lot of things we don't have any, like you said, that we don't have any business being into. Right. And everything we get into that we don't belong in costs you, the taxpayer, more money. Well, the air quality thing is interesting. Oh, we need the borough to take over air quality and then the EPA will listen. You mean like for the 15 years that they didn't listen at all when the borough was taking care of the air quality? When the borough was spending millions of dollars uh, in changing out stoves and monitoring and fining and doing all that stuff? When the EPA listened then, you think things are going to change now? I mean, what? What world are you living in that you think that because you're going to take local control and start, you know, fining people for burning wood at 50 below when they're trying to keep their house warm, that somehow that's going to fix it? That That's going to, you know, you think people, you look, if my house is cold, I'm going to burn something to keep it warm if I have a stove. Whether you find me or not, if it's a question of my children and my house pipes freezing versus your $300 fine. I guess we'll just have to pay the $300 fine and hope we play the Russian roulette with the inspectors going out there looking at stuff. I mean, it's it's about the power and control. That's what it's about. Well, yeah, and worse yet, we have changed new stoves out for newer stoves because at the very beginning, you and I said the EPA is not testing the stoves correctly. What they're saying is clean, it's not clean, and nobody would listen to us, right? And now all of a sudden it's like, guess what? They're not state. They're not doing those toasts correctly, and you know they're polluting more than they say they are. And we're like, huh? Wish we thought about that like ten years ago, because in ten years ago, if we had really put the pressure on the type of stove that couldn't even meet the first time they had the numbers, and then they yep. lowered them more. Yep. Everything that's out there produces more than what the EPA says it even can. Yep. And we're just even yep. if we were doing everything and changed them all out, it wouldn't work. But you know, that is what the difference is, right? If you want your private property rights intact, you don't want the borough out there, you know, finding you and like sitting outside your house or outside your nonprofit telling you what to do. You have to get out and vote because this, they need to win one. They don't need to win three. They need to win one to change the power. Tammy Wilson, our guest, one final segment dead ahead. We'll talk about the future uh, here in just a second. The Michael Duke Show, Common Sense, Liberty-based, free-thinking radio.
running on 100% pure beard power. Oh, also some coffee. We dip our beard in coffee. Ha, <laughs> nice beard. The Michael Duke Show. All right, Tammy Wilson, our, you know, that's the thing, Tammy. I can't tell you how many hours I dedicated on my program in Fairbanks to the certification program and the testing that they were doing. They were doing this right. testing in a vacuum. They had like the kiln dried, whitest, strongest hardwood and everything else that they were running in these things. And we're like, that's not what we get up here. We don't, that's not what it is. You can't, and we talked about it and they're like, oh no, these are perfect. These are, these are one microgram per hour in the whole thing. And it was all fallacious and it was all bogus. And even, <laughs> Even uh, even Glenn Miller was like, yeah, this is I don't think these stoves. Are. I mean, he was the lead. The, Glenn Miller, for those of you who don't know, Glenn Miller was the head of the air quality department in fair in the Fairbanks store store, bro. And even he was like, I don't think these stoves are as good as they say they are. I don't think the testing that they're doing is accurate. And lo and behold. It wasn't accurate, and now they had to change out a bunch of the stoves again. But this, this is what always killed me. 50 below in Fairbanks. I mean, I lived in North Pole in that little hole down there in Dawson Road, right? Which was the, that was the triangle of death. That's what they called it because of the, the, the way, the, 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 the topography of the land caused all the influx and the inversion held all the smoke like in this little bowl area. But it was always colder. So it'd be 50, 60 below. And they're like, well, you know, they're going to send people out to your house and look at you and they're going to take pictures and, and find you. Go ahead. It's 60 below. If I'm trying to make sure whether my pipes are going to freeze and my kids are going to be warm enough to survive, send me a bill. I'll see you in court. Decision, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I'll I see mean, you in court if that's the case, because it's I mean, that's that's what people are faced with. Air quality or, you know, death by freezing to death or air quality problems. I'll take the air quality problems for 500, Alex. That's, you know, and and again, these are problems that have been going on for years and most of these are environmental. That's not necessarily Absolutely. anything we could do. Even Glenn Miller said at one point he goes, you know, we keep fighting about these wood stoves. He says we keep fighting about this outside, inside, coal, wood. He goes, you realize that this air quality problem only maybe 10% of the air quality problem has to do with these stoves. He said if he said it from in the, in in a testimony at the borough, he said what the next step will be, and now we're seeing this, is they're going to tell you that your furnaces need to change to low sulfur diesel. No. Absolutely. That's what they're trying to do. And they even know they couldn't even possibly get them there. They can't, you know, I mean, this is the group that you want to control you, right? You want the world to come down and everything and all the money they get, they all get to take a slice off the top, right? And you get more administration for every grant that comes through. And not just air quality. I got a call this last week about road service areas. I mean, you were just talking about them to start with. A group got a $500,000 grant and the first 150000 goes to the borough for a consultant, an engineer, a designer, you know, all these pieces to put what in. What do you think they're doing? Take a guess. What do you think? Speed bump. Culverts. Because a contractor Close. in Fairbanks has never put a culvert in before. Right, right. Never put a culvert in. So you took you took twenty-five percent of the take twenty-five percent of the grant for all the overhead. That's why they love it. They love doing that because it justifies their right, position and it pays the extra their bills. Money they yeah. get to be able to have more government in yeah. more areas. Yeah. You know, it's crazy what they do to you. And 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 I know people are busy. I know, you know, 
trying to get their kids where they need to go and making a living and trying to, like you said, to, to survive the cold winters, you know, because the energy isn't any cheaper here. But, you know, this election will financially cost people if it goes the other direction. I mean, you know that as well as I do, that more government is what the other side wants, not not less government from zoning to, you know, whatever it is they can spend money on. And, and if people just say, well, you know, my vote doesn't count. Well, if you don't vote, guess what? They are. And so whether you vote or not, you're giving a vote away or you're helping us out. Right. Um, and that's all we're asking people to do. And I think they had in the chat, you know, if you don't know what you're going to be doing on the on the third and don't know what to do, you can go to Shoppers Forum. They don't. Re it's just like voting at your poll. They don't make you fill anything out. Right. And right. you could just vote there, you know, or you can go to city halls, which they will make you fill it out like it's an absentee ballot. Although I find that funny. Right. Oh, I don't want to fill one of those absentee ballots. They'll know who I am and and all this information about me. Uh, guys, they already have that information about you. <laughs> that yeah. information is what they're yeah. doing to verify. And once they verify it, all, all those go into a stack to be ran, you know, at the same time. Once they verify that they're legitimate votes and you are who you say you are so that, you know, they're holding an honest election to go along with it. But right. it is kind of humorous. So go to Shop Reform by Planet Fitness if you just want to be able to vote just as if you went. Early your precinct, yeah. you don't have to worry about that extra information. Early voting is what you're talking about. Early, early voting. voting. Early yep, voting. Happening early, right now. early voting is going on at this moment. So if you don't want to wait till next Tuesday, and we'll revisit that here in a second here. Uh, fi final segment, we're 30 seconds out right now. Tammy Wilson is our guest. You got to... You you got you gotta get out, man. You gotta get out and keep this and keep this balance going. Cause otherwise, oh man, it's it's such a it's such a mess. Such a hot mess going on right now. The people who want it's like the Californication of Fairbanks, which is just a sad, sad thing. All right, here we go. The Michael Duke Show, common sense, liberty based, free thinking radio. Like it, share, like it, follow. Let's do it. Here we go. Okay, final segment of the show for this beautiful Monday. I mean, it's kind of beautiful. It's 30, 33 degrees here. Actually, 32. It went down one more degree. It's dropped two degrees since I started the show this morning. A little cool and crisp out there. 20 degrees in Fairbanks, uh, 31 down in the peninsula. Uh, winter is coming, my friends. Tammy Wilson joins us today. Final segment of the show. We're talking about the borough elections. Early voting is going on right now, though, right, Tammy? So the, the yep, you go to Shoppers Forum, which is next to Planet Fitness, you know, and they get toward the nail place. Walk in. You could just literally you vote just like you were at your own precinct. They don't make you fill out, you know, like the absentee envelope with the information on it. Question you ballot, just right? Do it and then be done. Yeah, it's not a question. I used to do that all the time, just vote a question ballot because I worked such weird hours. I never had time to go. And so I just slide into the local, whatever the closest precinct was, and I would vote a question ballot and away you went, you know. But this is the this is the way to do it. Go to Shoppers Forum. It's just show your ID, go to the booth, make your vote. Get it done now. Early voting, get it done right now. Tammy, if uh, if everybody survives the re-election and uh, you get the, the balance remains, 
you know, you're talking about having to fight this continuous running battle for property rights and protections and limited government. What is, you know, what what would be your goal if you, you know, if everybody survives this, you come back again with a 5-4 majority in the assembly. What would be your goal for the next three years uh, as, uh, you know, as you as you fight this going forward? What, what are you looking at doing and changing? Well, luckily, you know, we'll keep doing on the private property rights, right? Right now, if there's an assault on it. All that stuff will come back if we lose. So we need to make sure that's going on. But one of the biggest things we've all been talking about, you know, is the land. And you've, you've looked at it, too, is on the lands. Of, we own thousands of acres, right? We need to get that into private hands so people can, without all the extra zoning, right, let them get in there, let them do what they need to do. Because right now, we're not increasing any kind of you know, tax base, because we're just getting more and more restrictive on what people can do with it. And the other big thing is like, especially like on our road service areas, you know, we need to keep taking, you know, things like culverts, right? People know how to put them in. I mean, we have contractors who've been doing it a lot longer than engineers. You, you don't need to engineer a culvert, right? If you're, especially if you're just changing them out and making them better, because what ends up happening is everything doesn't get done in the road service area, right? And some of these aren't grants. Some of them are loans. And so, you know, back to bigger government costs you bigger money. Um, but I think the biggest thing is we have to figure out this nonprofit thing. When we have one employee in the borough that can cost not just the nonprofits, you know, the money that they need to be able to do, but it costs the community because you're not getting the assistance that you need. That's why they're there. Um, and one person shouldn't get to make all those decisions for you. But, you know, and it's not just us, too. I mean, the budget, which is the biggest one, the school district, everybody ignores the school district. But we have, you know, Maggie, April and Michael running that are going to be able to actually look at those budget before it gets to us and say, OK, where's the money going? You know, and that's the bottom line. Right. In the borough, that's the biggest thing we right. all complain about. Well, the biggest Where is all the money that's going because it's the biggest. Yeah, it's the biggest budget item. And here's what I was always told whenever I would start to try and dig into some of the school. Because, again, it is the largest single budget item in the borough is the schools. Absolutely. Right? Millions and millions and millions of dollars. And I start asking questions, and they're like, well, that's not for us to decide. That's for the school board. That's for them. We don't get into that. We just sign the check. And I'm like, well, I, I have questions we're we're the we're the signatory guys. We're the ones signing the checks. Somebody needs to answer these questions, whether it's the school board member or the school administrator or whoever. Somebody, no, no, that's not our job. Our job is to just uh, so just pencil whip it and walk it out the door. That's what they wanted to do. I mean, th that's where it's dangerous because, and this is why. I mean, that was one of the things. The other things I was super proud of is that we created that fund that was the building maintenance fund. Because up until that point, they've been sitting on millions of dollars and then coming to us and crying poor mouth about the buildings falling down. And we're like, well, wait a second. You've got all this money that you've been squirreling away. Why not create a mate? And that we finally got that through. But they didn't want that. They just wanted to sit on that money. And we're just supposed to sign the check for the new stuff. It was a cra it was crazy. Well, and it gets even as far down as that we had the SS Nanana. And one of the questions we have, you know, what, what part should the borough play in it? Well, the biggest part is they wanted to go out to get their own grants. They didn't even want the borough's help. And the borough said, no, you can't do that. You can't use volunteers unless you have like a $2 million liability. You can't, 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 right? Well, that's because the more things we take from the borough, the more efficient we get, the more things we can get done, you know, but the borough doesn't want that. The borough wants not just the money, they want the administration part that doesn't go into the project. 
goes into more bigger government. And then you have these groups that, well, why am I going to volunteer if they won't let me do anything, right? I mean, it's crazy to think that just because something's at Pioneer Park, they can't help with, you know, there's so much people can help with. And they have expertise. Road service too. You have ex, you know, DOT engineers and others that live in these service areas who know exactly how roads should be plowed, how roads should be built. And we ignore them and we make their projects cost three times as much as they can. And then we wonder why we just price everybody out. And and the same thing, we have the same thing with plowing. What do we have? Like three or four companies left. So if we get a whole bunch of snow, a lot of people are just sitting waiting for it because, right. oh, don't take your own plow out, even though you might know what you're doing. Because we got to wait, you know, we can't wait, right? I'm, I'm dropping. You got to get to work. You can't wait. I'm dropping a blade right now and I'm going to run it up. And, and that's what you, do, you know, and that's, you know? The, that's the Alaskan spirit. I mean, that's how things were, you know, and what you get some tattletale who says, well, Joe Blow down the street took his plow and ran it up and down the road so that we could get out to work. Instead of saying thank you to him and putting $50 in his hand for gasoline, you called the borough and said, somebody's working on our roads without it. I mean, it's. This nanny state mentality is enough to drive me crazy. Um, all right. Service are supposed to be, right? We were just supposed to collect the money and allow them to do what they can do on their own and only do the big projects and bring it to the borough. It went so sideways. Right. Well, it was like the speed bump issue. Remember when it was like these people were, you know, the road service areas wanted to put speed bumps in and they wanted to spend a million dollars doing some kind of study on this and that and the Absolutely. other thing. And the bur- <laughs> luckily I had the borough attorney on my side and she's like, no. They don't have to do that. They can just put the speed bump in. And they were like the jaw dropping from the public works guys because they wanted all the, like you said, they wanted the money from all the ancillary stuff. So, no, we need to be able to take our private property rights back and we can only do it if we can protect them at the borough level. And that's why people like Tammy need to get back in there. All right. Uh, Two minutes, Tammy, two and a half minutes. So final thoughts. What, you know, what are you going to be focused on? And then what do we need to do? Uh, you know, folks who live in Fairbanks, what do they need to do for the upcoming election? Uh, take it away. It's all you here. Well, you know, you can look at our opponents on on all of our opponents, right? And and you'll see the differences, right? You want more bigger government? That's our competitors, right? That's all they want. Without Jimmy and Aaron, you know, coming in at the same time as I do, we lose the majority, right? So everything that we've worked so hard at this last year will slowly be chipped back to more bigger government, more money, you know, more zoning, you know, more fining, bringing in people to come in and tell you how you should live your life. I mean, it really is that simple at this point. It took a long time to get where we're at right now. And we only did it because people get out and vote. And that's what we got to count on. And and I got to put a plug in for the school district because April, Maggie and Michael, I can't remember the last time the school board had a conservative, you know, 4-3 vote. And to give them that opportunity to answer the questions you talked about, Where's the money going? What are they teaching in the school? You know, are we going to make sure we can, we had a thing saying we shouldn't be tested by the same way. One of the competitors did as a lower 48. Who says that? Everybody has a right to make sure that their kids are reading and doing the right kind of math on time. Well, especially with all the issues that are going on today, right? I mean, all these weird porno books in the school libraries and the CRT and then the whole gender thing where I don't tell you that your kid is doing this kind of stuff and the, you know, parental notification and all with all those things going on. If you are a parent listening to this with kids in public schools and you're not going out to vote on these school thing, you, I mean, it's more important than ever that you're supporting these folks going into the school boards to give you your parental rights back. 
and you only get it back. You got to got to be involved, but you have to vote because at the end of the day, none of us have time to be able to stay up on each and every topic. And you have to have folks there that, you know, you know, believe in the same way that you do. It's uh, it yeah, it's it's crazy stuff. So Tammy, they're voting for give us all the names, you and the assembly, and then the uh, school board. Give me all the names right. again. Yep. So so I'm running. Jimmy Cash and Aaron Gibson are three conservatives that are running for the borough, and then we have Maggie Matheson, April Smith, and Michael Humphrey running for the school board. And you know, if you listen to the ads or listen, to, you know. They're throwing all the dirt to us, and all we're doing is putting the facts out there because, you know, that's that's what you do, right? Call people. If you don't know what they stand for, call them. Our numbers are out there. Find out, you know, what's happening, and we'll be more than happy to have that discussion with you. Tammy Wilson running for Borough Assembly. Again, early voting is right now over at Shoppers Forum or at any of the city halls. And, of course, Election Day is a week from tomorrow. Tammy, thanks so much, folks. We're out of time. Tomorrow's Tuesday. Have a great day. All right, Tammy, final bite at the apple. I give you the final thoughts here. You can rip roar just me and you and 50 of our closest friends on the Internet. Uh, what's, uh, you know, final thoughts here? I give it to you. Well, this is probably the scariest election. I know people have heard that before, but it took a long time for us to figure out that we had to run one on one. Right. And we finally got that down. We're not running against each other, um, but at, we've all put all the money that we've raised um, at this point, and we are now counting on the people of Fairbanks, you know, to be able to say, hey, get out. Not just you, but call people, right? Or if you know people are going to go on vacation or they're going to leave, make sure they go in right. and they vote first because we know Take they it. will. Well, right? speaking, of ra- speaking of raising money, I know a lot of these candidates are getting thousands of dollars, especially in the school board races. The liberal candidates are receiving tens of thousands of dollars from outside group. I mean, a, sc- a small school board race in Fairbanks, Alaska, is raising $20,000 from these outside special interest groups that are pouring money into these things. I mean, this is they're they're fighting for your kids minds folks put out their own stuff so Planned Parenthood put uh they're dropping it on people's doors that Fairbanks wants sex education in the schools literally it's a door hanger I should send it to you because it's crazy but so no candidate even has to pay for this because where the real money's coming from is they're placing their own ads they're putting out their own material you know and not even making you have to go out and raise the money to be able to do it Try to compete against it. It's crazy. It's uh, it's it is insane. This is a war for your children. This is what this is yep. right now. And it's a war it for too. your children. This is reason number two hundred and eighty-three why I homeschooled my kids. But you know, if you can't do that and your kids are in the public school, the war is on right now. You better start paying attention. Um, Absolutely. And get out there and do it, Tammy. Good luck. Uh, I hope uh, everything. You know, I hope it all works out. We're going to keep our fingers crossed. Get everybody out there. Vote. Take a friend. Vote early. Vote often. Right? <laughs> Isn't that the <laughs> Democratic? It does with the other side. Yeah. Does. Vote early. Vote often. Uh, do what we can do. Get folks out there. Tammy, thank you so much for coming on board. I appreciate you. you uh, appreciate you being on the show today. Uh, all right. Tammy Wilson, our guest. Folks, we are out of time for today. We will see you tomorrow. Brad Keithley, Chris Story. Oof. Have a good one. Enjoy. Be kind. Love one another. Live well.
shed our terrestrial radio skin. And now we are slimy lizard internet people. It's the Michael Duke Show. <laughs> 